This broadcast of the PJC Media Network seeks to present wholesome, thought-provoking, and entertaining content. However, the views expressed by the hosts of PJC Media are theirs and theirs alone. They do not reflect the views of this network or its affiliates. Please utilize listener discretion. everyone and welcome to the let's talk about it with jenny white show each week we feature different topics concerning issues that sometimes can be difficult to talk about these issues concern children and adults who may be autistic have asperger's or have mental disorders of any kind we will discuss law enforcement and how they interact with these persons now let's start the show all right, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk About It with Jenny White. I'll be your host today, Maceo Coleman. I know you couldn't wait for another week of a fantastic episode. And we also have with us the hostess with the mostest, Miss Jenny White is in the house. How are you doing, Jenny? I'm fine. How are you? Good, good. All right. So, um, uh, we haven't been on in a couple of weeks. There's been a lot going on, and, um, and I would just, sure. yeah, just like to um, uh, send my condolences to you on the loss of your husband, uh, Mr. Lewis Whitehead. Uh, you know, um, my dad, who was a uh, great man, and um, you know, a very strong figure in our life. And I know you all were married over uh, 30 years. And so, um, you know, it's been challenging for everyone. And I know you uh, it's been challenging for you as well. And so today we're going to talk about uh, grief and how to survive grief and different forms of grief. And any of our listeners out there today, uh, if you would like to, uh, participate. You can push the one and chime in and voice uh, your opinions or ask any questions or even share some of your stories or experiences um, that you may have dealt with uh, with uh, the loss of a loved one, maybe even a loss of a pet or a loss of a job. I mean, you know, I think we can uh, grieve a lot of different things. So uh, we're going to cover that. Uh, so well, I have uh, one thing I wanted to say about uh, death. I know it has to be, um, well, not necessarily, but I was thinking about how close you may be with a person, and that would would have something to do the way you would, you know, be doing if you're at the place, you know, the funeral. So I just wanted to um, say one thing that I noticed is that 
there were things being said and people were talking about the person that had had died and I didn't hear it. Now, I don't know. (laughs) I might have heard a word or two, but not the entire uh, sentence or whatever they said. I didn't do that. And when everything was over and people were talking and they were telling me things and I'm saying, well, when was that said? And, you know, I didn't hear anybody say that. So, you know, it just kind of took me kind of funny because I didn't know. I really didn't know. And um, when I saw things and heard people talking about, oh, you said good, you know, when you were listening, and mm-hmm. and you said this and that, you know, and I'm saying, I didn't hear that, and I didn't hear this or that. So I don't know, um, uh, don't know, <laughs> but I'm sure that uh, at some point in time, I will be straight, <laughs> but it, you know, some things had been said, and I didn't hear them, so I must have been in a different world at that point in time. So uh, I don't know about others. Um, I've been to quite a few quite a few, but nothing this close to just took me, you know. So the others, uh, I can, you know, I heard this and I heard that, but this time I didn't. So I don't know. Um, Have any of you that are listening, have you gone one and how did you behave I don't know I wish you would tell me I would really like to know all you have to do is press the one and you will be on and we will listen to you well you know I think that uh you know, you were probably, um, you know, in a zone and had checked out and you were in your own thoughts. Um, so, I mean, you know, I think that's normal that, you know, you would probably check in and out, you know, of the program. And, um, you know, I think that uh, because stages of grief, um, there are different stages and it affects different people differently. Um, and so uh, I think that that in general, people, uh, unless they've dealt with it, may not understand. 
sometimes people deal with grief for years. Um, and one, yeah, well, you know, and sometimes, you know, it, it never ends. Sometimes you deal with it for the rest of your life, I'm sure. Um, well, I hope not, but I've heard that uh, this particular lady was a principal in a school, and her husband had, uh, he had died, but this was like 15, 16 years and she was going through that. So well, I mean, that. Mm-hmm. sometimes you need help. I mean, sometimes you need help uh, when you're mourning. Uh, and one of the um, definitions of grief uh, that I found is uh, grief is the response to loss, particularly to the loss of someone or some living thing that has died to which a bond or affection was formed, although conventionally focused on the emotional response to loss, grief also has physical, cognitive, behavioral, social, cultural, spiritual, and philosophical dimensions. So it's a lot to it. It's not, you know, um, just um, somebody dies, you say goodbye, and then you forget about them, um, you know, yeah. depending on the impact that the person had, or, you know, or, or your pet, you know, you could have, That's you true. Know, you could have a strong uh, bond with your pet, and your pet passes away, and, you know, there's loss uh, in, in that meaning as well. And so tonight we'll talk about different stages of grief, uh, and we'll also talk about how to cope with grief, um, and then we'll cover uh, some type symptoms and how, how to cope, um, and so uh, get a pen and pencil, you know, we're going <laughs> to cover some, uh, some stuff that we don't, sometimes we don't talk about, um, and I think it just happens. And we just deal with it. Um, but I think, you know, being up close and personal with it, um, I think it helps to talk about these things, you know, especially if we're feeling them. Uh, normal grief, you know, some types of grief people may experience a normal grief. Uh, the American Psycho- Psychology Association defines normal grief as grief that lasts six months to two years following the significant loss. Then there's absent so grief. So they say that was um, normal. <clears throat> that's what the, that's what the American Psychology Association defines as normal grief. Grief that lasts six months to two years following a significant <laughs> loss. I I can't say that I uh, agree with that uh, terminology of normal grief. I think somebody could have normal grief that lasts for years, um, and that's just based on how that individual uh, deals with it and just based on the impact that that loss has on their life. Uh, So I don't personally agree with the American Psychology Association on their definition of normal grief, but that's just me. Um, There's absent grief. There's anticipatory grief. Um, 
delayed grief. Sometimes, you know, um, we don't grieve at the time of the loss. Sometimes that grief is delayed and happens later on, and sometimes it just hits you, you know, um, out of nowhere. You didn't expect it. Um, and then with anticipatory grief, uh, you anticipate the loss of your loved one, you know, whether it's due to illness um, and you know that they're at a point where they aren't going to survive and you know it's coming and you anticipate the grief while they're still living. Uh, and then it's complicated grief. Um, you know, there are a lot of things in our lives that can be complicated. You know, our relationships, um, for one, and and uh, grief. Sometimes we just aren't able to figure it out on our own. Cumulative grief, disenfranchised grief, distorted grief. I mean, I guess you, I guess you know. There's all kinds of different types of grief, and you can call it what you want. Um, but we have, uh, if you want to join the conversation, feel free, press the one, and we will uh, tap you in, and you can uh, join this conversation. Uh, but in the meantime, um, ways on how to survive, uh, survival tips for grief, Um be patient with yourself. Grief is a process that takes time. Keep busy. You cannot dwell on your sorrow or your loss every waking moment. I mean, you know, the dead, you know, when the, the dead are dying and the, 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 the living keep living, you know. So, um, you well, know. you know, I have heard people say, about their uh, animals, they have a real time, you know, with that because they will have a whole farm with an animal. They do that. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, some people, they call them fur babies. You know, some people, you know, their pets are their children. You know, some people don't right. have children, you know, and their pets are their children. You know, they, you know, they eat, sleep, shop with them. I mean, they do everything with, with the dogs. I mean, you even see people driving down the street with dogs in their laps, you know, and so uh, hanging out the window on the driver's side. I think they need to get a ticket for that. You know, I love my, <laughs> I love my animals, but they don't need to be in my lap while I'm driving. I mean, you, you can't have your kids in your lap while you're driving. You know, that's a ticket. So you shouldn't be able to have an animal, a dog in your lap. I don't see people with cats in your lap. The cat will probably jump out the window or scratch you, and then you're going to run into a pole or two other cars. So <laughs> so anyway, we're talking about grief. I don't know. Do people uh, take cats more than dogs? I don't, I don't know. So. I, I, I was just saying, I don't think so either. But you say, be patient with yourself. Grief is a process that takes time. 
people handle grief differently. Not everybody handles grief the same. It's not a it's not a one size fits all. You know, so my grief doesn't necessarily have to be like your grief. So, you know, I've learned you can't judge somebody about their grief or how they feel because, you know, you may not understand it, you know, so it's not for people to judge how somebody else is grieving. They say keep busy. You can't dwell on your sorrow or your loss every waking moment. Uh, Some people just go into a deep depression, and that's all that they do every day, you know. I mean, you know, you could it, it could even be the loss of a child, you know. Um, a parent loses a child, and, um, you know, sometimes you, you want to – you feel your life is over, you know. So if you feel that way, then you're in grief. You're grieving until the day you die, you know. And then some people accelerate, you know, their own death because they can't live with the loss of that loved one, whether, you know, it's a child yes, or whatever. And, you know. and, and so, you have a person that would like to say something uh, about that. Good evening. Hi, good evening. How you doing? Uh, Hello? Your name? <laughs> My name is Miss C. All right, Miss okay. C, how you doing? Welcome to the show. Um, um thank yeah. you. I I was just listening um when uh the gentleman said grief looks different for everyone and I agree. Grief does look different for for everyone. It's just you wanna be mindful um that grief doesn't turn into depression. So when it the grief begins to affect your daily lives, such as how you're handling your business, how your relationships are with others, um, if you're able to get up and, and function throughout the day, uh, it's important for you to be mindful of those things. Uh, also, get you know, find support groups. Support groups are really good with those yeah, who grief others who that's true. Um, are experiencing loss. Um, it is it's normal um, to grieve the loss of someone that you've loved, or you can grieve the loss of um, a life change. So, grief again looks different for everyone. It's just a matter of ensuring that. You're staying mindful of how the grief is affecting you and if it's impacting your daily life. Well, that's a good point. Uh, I think that's a real good point because, like I said about the lady who's have a husband passed, and it's 15 years later. And she's having uh, an issue. So uh, go somewhere and let someone, you know, kind of help her. Yeah. Support groups are very, um, they're very helpful. And then when you move into different 
times of the year, such as holidays or birthdays, um, oh, yeah. those feelings can resurface. So uh, that's where those support groups come in, the relationships you have with family, uh, knowing how to ask for help, ask for support. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you lose someone, um, it's you, you never fully recover because you just learn how to, to live a new way, learn how to exist to live a new life uh, without that person uh, being present. Yeah, well, you've made some uh, some great points. I think that, um, you know, that's all a part of the grief is, you know, um, uh, living without that person. I think that, uh, you know, with the different stages, uh, that people can go through, um, it can be um, stages of denial. Um, people can be in denial that the person is sick or the person is gone. Um, they can become angry. Uh, like you said, there's, you know, there's depression that can settle in. There's bargaining, you know, there's I think that's when you talk to Jesus, you know, in, in, in reference to the bargaining and then acceptance of uh, the fact that your uh, loved one is, you know, gone and, and never to return and that your life is different. And I think that's the experience you expect. And I think that the uh, experience that you get is a lot of times different. You know, and in the diagram that, you know, I'm looking at that shows stages of grief, it shows the experience you expected, and it shows a straight line. Well, it's not a straight line, but it's a line that goes from denial up to anger, down to depression, and back up to bargaining and up to acceptance. And then it says the experience you got, and it starts with depression and then it's just squiggly lines with everything in between, you know, uh, anger, acceptance, denial, bargaining. So it's like it doesn't necessarily come one, two, three, four, five. It could be one, five, four, two, three, you know, um, the stages that someone may experience grief. And so, um, Someone on the outside looking in may not understand it, um, and the person that's experiencing it may find it hard to articulate and explain what they're going through. Um, and I think especially with children, I mm-hmm. think it's uh, very important to have conversations uh, with the kids uh, about death in general and how it affects not, you know, not only them, but, you know, how it's a part of life. Um, And not that it's the easiest conversation to have, but just um, having that conversation and letting them know and depending on, um, you know, how old they are in their relationship with the person or animal uh, that happens uh, to pass away. No. That's a good uh, um, 
something that you brought up. Um, for our listener, ma'am, are you still there? Yes, I'm here. What do you think about uh, the children? And should you uh, have a different or um, a specific age? What do you think? Excuse me, in explaining um, death to children. Children, it depends on what they can grasp. You have to you have to explain it in a at a level that they can understand it. Um, so each each child is different, and having those conversations with the with the child because when a person is no longer present, it's important to to explain it, but it has to be on their level. So it it really comes down to it. And if a child is, if a child is in, um, has been taught about, and this goes to religion, if a child has been taught about um, whatever your faith is, tying that in, in a manner just that they can understand it, just like in Bible study, if kids go to Sunday school and they're learning, you take Sunday school and you teach it at a level where a child can understand it. So you take that and try to try to break it down at a level in which a child can understand it. I believe um, there was a book written by Mm, gosh, darn it. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's ex-wife, she was a Kennedy. She okay. wrote a book on how to um, discuss death with the children. And I can't, Maria Shriver. Maria Shriver. She wrote a book some years ago on how to discuss death um, with children. And I think that would be beneficial uh, in speaking with children. Children know something is different. If a child attends a funeral, um, you have to, one, you need to prepare the child for what they're going to see because they're going to have questions, and you have to create a safe space where they feel okay with answering those questions, with, with asking those questions. So if a person is breathing, um, they may, it can be complicated because they're they're under the pressure of grief, but the child still needs to feel as though they're able to ask those questions and be in a safe space. Well, that's, um, well, just to say it for myself, because, my mother passed three days before my 10th birthday. And what I remember about that was that my brother was holding my hand and asking me why was I shaking. And 
of course, I didn't know, so I couldn't give him an answer. But there's not a lot of that that I remember. And that's about it. Well, you know. what I can. Okay. Yeah, I was just going to say, because you don't remember it now, uh, and I'm sure, you know, it's been well over 50 plus years. Oh, yeah. It's been passed. (laughs) um, I'm sure that it has had an effect on you throughout your life whether you knew it or not, and maybe um, how you dealt with it or didn't deal with it. Um, Sometimes we just don't have the tools. At 10 years old, you didn't have the capacity to understand that fully. And, uh, you know, and if there was no one in your support group, you know, your dad or anyone else that was able to help you through that transition, then uh, it's very possible that, you know, you dealt with that loss and everything that came after it through your teen years, through your 20s, 30s, 40s, and and, and on until maybe uh, there was a time that maybe you were able to uh, understand it better and move past it. And then sometimes people you know, die with with their grief. And so they never um, are able to rectify the traumas that they've had in their life, the grief, the traumas, and things like that. So, um, you know, I thought, you know, I think that um, you wanting to talk about this um, tonight, I think it's uh, not only to help others and um, just in the discussion of grief and how it affects people differently, how, you know, our listeners, you know, may be dealing with grief or have, maybe some have grieved. And, um, and if you have gone through uh, some grief and you uh, were able to, Uh, get on the other side of it or have a better grasp of it, um, please feel free to uh, push the one you can add to this conversation and maybe your experience can help somebody else's. Um, I think Can I I just say something and I'll I'll go? I just, I, I heard her say that when she lost her mom, she remembered her hands shaking and she didn't know why. Um, Our body responds to trauma. And so although we may not, as a child, we may not be able to conceptualize what is going on, we know something isn't right. So our body um, responds to trauma. And there's a book called The Body Keeps, and it, it discusses that. How our, what um, is it again? Response 
What's the name of it? I'm sorry. The Body Keeps Score. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you. I'll I'll go and I'll continue listening. All right. Thank you. Thank you for calling in. And I think that... um, Grief is, uh, you know, people ask, what does grief feel like? And so um, I think that there are, um, like I say, you know, not only the different stages of grief, um, but grief deals with people in in different ways. Um, So uh, some people ask, what does it feel like, sadness or depression? And it can be brought on by the realization, you know, that the loss, and it may cause you to isolate yourself. Some people withdraw um, and, um, you know, those are the people you have to worry about. Those are the people you have to reach out to and um, offer some assistance or at least try to see how they feel during their time of grief. Uh, and bereavement. Not everybody, uh, you know, is uh, able to articulate how they feel. Well, that's true. That's true because when my brother asked me why was I shaking, I don't know. And that's what I told him. But I did see her, and, you know, at that time, they didn't let let young kids, you know, go into the hospital and and see people. But my dad was telling the uh, nurse that uh, her mother has passed, and he wanted me to see her. And I did. Um, you know, I just and I, I then I didn't. I don't think I prayed. I really don't. I mean, cried, not prayed. But um, I just, you know, I didn't know what was going on. I guess. Well, you know, like I said earlier in the show, that grief is the response to loss, particularly to the loss of someone or some living thing that has died, to which a bond or affection was formed. And uh, although conventionally focused Mm -hmm. on the emotional response to loss, grief also has a physical, you know, which you had a physical response by shaking, a cognitive, behavioral, social, cultural, spiritual, and philosophical dimensions to grief. So, uh, and that's all normal. So, you know, you're you're shaking, you know, you weren't able to explain it, but it was a response to the loss that you were feeling uh, at that particular time. So it's um, it can be complicated, uh, and uh, 
one of the ways that they say uh, how to grieve is to move on with your life. Talk about the death of your loved one with friends or colleagues in order to help you understand what happened and remember your friend or family member. And, you know, you can celebrate them and honor them and talk about good times that you had or accept your feelings. You know, you have to come to grips with how you feel and accept them. It is what it is. Can Nobody can tell you how to feel about it. Take care of yourself and your family. You have to, you know, continue to eat right and, you know, um, take care of yourself. You don't want to lose hope and just binge out on food and a bunch of sugars and then you don't feel good about that. Now you didn't gain 50 pounds. Now you, you now you grieving, now you grieving that you're fat, you know, you're fat and, and you're grieving a loss, you know. So, you know, take care of yourself the best way you can, and reach out and help others dealing with the loss, you know. So, yeah. you know, not only yourself, but you know, uh, sometimes you have to help somebody else and call and check on other people and say, you know, hey, how you doing? You know, I know I'm hurting, yeah. but how, how are you doing? And so, you know, don't uh, they have uh, places where you can go in a group, you know, and, you know, talk about it? Yeah, like the caller was saying, Mm -hmm. you know, there are support groups um, that are available um, that uh, you can – find and join and and participate in. So um, there are uh, ways to, and then then if you you can't, uh, I'm sure that, you know, there's ways to find a support group. If you, you know, Google grief and loss, Mm -hmm. you know, cancer centers have them, Uh, Alzheimer's, dementia um, organizations also have different support groups. So based on um, the loss that you're experiencing, there is uh, support. There are support groups out there for you, um, and also, uh, you know, whether grieving or supporting a loved one, practice patience as you work through this difficult time. You have to be patient with yourself and be patient with others, um, because you know. Um, Grief is the experience of coping with loss, and most of us think of grief as happening in the painful period following the death of a loved one. But, you know, as we discussed today, grief can accompany any event that disrupts or challenges our sense of normalcy or ourselves. Um, You lose someone that's been in your life forever, a spouse, now your life is changing. This includes the loss of connections that define us. You may grieve the loss of a friend, a family member, a partner, a pet, a marriage, a friendship, or another form of kinship, Uh, your home, your neighborhood, or your community. You can grieve the loss that your neighborhood or community is no longer what it used to be when you first moved there. Your job or career, you can... uh, uh, mourn the loss or anticipate the loss of an upcoming job uh, or career that's coming to an end. Maybe you just got too old for this career and now it's for the young folks. 
So now, you know, you're grieving that you have to reinvent yourself. Uh, you can grieve the loss of financial stability. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe it's paycheck to paycheck. You can grieve the loss of a dream or a goal. Um, maybe you feel that you'll never obtain it. Uh, you can grieve the loss of good health. Um, a lot of people take it for granted until you don't have it. And if you're dealing with pain daily or you're dealing with loss of mobility or the loss of ability to do what you used to be able to do, then uh, you're grieving that because your baseline is different now. Your youth, a lot of people are grieving their youth, you know, as we continue to go grow older and age and our mortality gets uh, closer and closer to us when we know we've got more days behind us than we do in front of us. Uh, and that's why some people, you know, are jealous of or envious of young people, you know. Uh, so, you know, some older women are, are envious of some of these young, young, uh, hot girls <laughs> dropping it like it's hot because they got good knees and your <laughs> knees hurt every time, every time you think about your knees, your knees start hurting. And so and these girls jumping up and down and popping it, you know, like, okay, look at this little, you know. So, you know, you can grieve your youth and fertility, you know. Uh, some people aren't able to have children, want children, and then the fact that they don't, you know, and there are people that have children and take those children for granted. I hear people cussing kids out in stores sometimes. You know, bring yes, your ass me kids. too. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, a little kid, too. Right, yeah. right. So, you That's know, and, and then somebody that, you know, is unable to have kids, you know, is grieving the fact that they're trying and they would be great parents, but, you know, this person, they got 10 kids and, you know, and, 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 and dogging them all out, you know. So you may also grieve your own loss of life as you prepare for death. For instance, people diagnosed with terminal illnesses often grieve no longer having the time to experience or achieve things they would have liked to. Um, now, that's deep right there. Um because it's saying that the person that's dying is also grieving. So, you know, that person can be grieving uh, that they no longer have time to experience or achieve the things that they would have liked to, or they can no longer do the things that they used to. Now they need someone to help them get dressed or help bathe them. Uh, they may need somebody to help Um, and they're grieving the fact that they were once a proud person with a life that now they've been reduced to this at a particular stage of their life. And I'm sure that they can grieve that as well. And I don't know that, you know, yeah, I don't know how you deal with someone like that. I mean, I know the conversations I had with Lewis, you know, doing his um, battle with cancer, mm -hmm. prostate cancer, for the past two years, and uh, what we dealt with from him going, you know, being 230 pounds, going down to 130 pounds, mm -hmm. being skin and bones, and 
the you know the conversations we would have in that respect and the fact that he could never have imagined that mm-hmm. this would be happening to him um so it was some real conversations to deal with the real situation and the fact that something is happening in your body that you have no control over and that at some point it just takes over and debilitates you. Um, I mean, cancer is devastating. It's devastating, especially when it just, you know, metastasizes and spreads and, you know, has you hanging on, you know, just trying to have a quality of life without pain and um, I mean, you know, it's rough and then the person dealing with it is rough for the family, but it's you know, it's rough for the person that's dealing with it. That's true. And, you Did know, you know we there was uh and I'd forgotten there was a lady she had um uh she I think she got a way of cancer. She had gotten a way to get it, you know. I forgot because there was, uh, it was on the news. And when she went to go to tell the people she needed, uh, what do you get when you have to get something uh, what FDA approved? Yes, or something like that, so people can use it. Yeah. They told her no. N O, and you know why they did that? Because well, she had put her thing on, so everybody can use it. And what's going to happen to their stuff? Well, they you know. Would not it. Sickness is a major, um, the pharmaceutical industry makes billions off of sickness, yes, billions. and so they're not, they don't make billions off of the cures. They give you things to treat the symptoms. You know, they're not trying mm-hmm. to cure the disease. Right. They're just giving you different right. drugs to treat the symptoms. And so um, being an advocate for yourself and your health uh, goes a long way. I mean, you know, if you're not a doctor, then you don't know. You have to trust the people that have gone to school that you hope have your best interest in trying to help make you better. But I found that a lot of times they're just treating symptoms. And then a lot of times they don't even have the answers to things that are going on. Um, and so the pharmaceutical company makes billions off of that. I mean, yes, you know, they do. Uh, uh, just give you an example of how rich some people are. Uh, was in a Rolls Royce dealership looking at some cars. And so the salesman told me that, uh, you know, he had he had a, he had a pre-owned uh, Rolls Royce coming in. You know, it was about two years old, 
Um, car was, you know, probably about $400,000. And um, the car was coming back. Uh, like I said, the car was two years old and only had 5,000 miles on it. So, mm-hmm. so, so this, you know, $400,000 car sat in the garage <laughs> and wasn't even driven. Mm-hmm. You know, and this, and he told me the man worked, you know, for his pharmaceutical agency. So he was a pharmaceutical executive, you know, and so they've got money to burn. You know, they, you know that's how they living. You know, you can ride a four hundred thousand dollar car and just have it in the garage. You open the garage and see your car. Hey, it looks good, and you you know, and then you drive the other <laughs> point. You know, you drive you drive the other four hundred thousand dollar car. You know. Um, but no, that's the world we live in, um, and it's unfortunate. And you know what? And they're going to leave it too when they're dead. All that money in that car, <laughs> somebody else go get it. Oh yeah, I mean we're all gonna gonna leave. I mean, but you know, um, if you're gonna have problems, I'd rather have problems than a four hundred thousand dollar Rolls Royce than a. A twenty thousand dollar Toyota. Yeah, oh come on! <laughs> I got I got problems, but you know, hey, money ain't a thing. Yeah, so, but you know what? You gonna be driving this car, and when you stop to get the gas, somebody gonna run up to it, and you in the store paying for it, and somebody to run in that car and it's gone. Well, you know, they can have it. <laughs> they can have it. Yeah. it. Ain't nothing but it ain't nothing but a car. And I mean and if you got and if you got that type of money, hopefully mm-hmm. you got insurance. You know, so you know you can get another one. So ain't nobody trying to be protecting no property like that. Uh, it ain't that serious. But uh but yeah it's um you know grief is a thing and it's um you know in uh, Elizabeth Kubler Ross uh is an author who describes five stages of grief in her book on death and dying uh that was published in 1969 and she talks about uh denial where you may have difficulty accepting that the loss is real anger you may direct anger at multiple sources, including people who couldn't save a loved one. God, you might be mad at God yourself. You may have felt that you could have done more. You could have saved a person or even no one in particular. You're just mad. And in bargaining, you may imagine reaching an agreement so you don't have to deal with the loss. You may also regret past actions that you imagine you could have spit that could have, you know, spared you from the loss. Uh, and depression, you may experience the complex emotions, emotions associated with depression, including emotional detachment. Sometimes you just detach from the situation and acceptance. You know, eventually most people embrace the reality of the loss, even if the pain's still there. So, um, you know, uh, those are some of the t- different types of losses um, in grief. And, you know, the anticipate, I'll explain anticipatory grief 
involves grieving before the actual loss. For example, you may begin grieving when you learn that you or a loved one has a terminal illness. Processing the grief beforehand can prepare you to face the loss when time comes. Still, it's important not to allow grieving to distract you from enjoying the precious time you do have. Uh, abbreviated grief is sometimes you're, you're able to move through the grieving process quickly. This is the case with abbreviated grief, um, which may follow anticipatory grief. You're anticipating this person passing away. Um, and you can grieve a loss quickly because you've already done a lot of emotional labor while anticipating that loss and grieving for a short time doesn't mean you never truly care about what you lost when it comes to grief. We're all on different timelines. Um, and personally, uh, when my father passed away at the age of 54, um, he had been 54 for 30 days before he passed away in 97. And he, um, um, uh, me and my family had seen him in, in September, had seen him in September. Um, and he was doing fine. Uh, we were passing through Indiana on, on a vacation. Um, and then in November, I get a phone call from my cousin who was visiting from Georgia up to Indiana. And she told me, you know, I needed to come see my dad. You know, this was on a Monday. And I'm like, okay, you know, I just saw him a couple months ago. What's up? You know, she said, you need to see your dad today. And started crying. So I'm like, oh, man, I know this is serious, you know. So took a trip to Indiana, Gary, Indiana, to see him. And um, when I got there, uh, he had retained water, uh, so he was swollen. Uh, he was probably about 5'7", you know. Um, uh, and, you know, his cancer had metastasized to the point where he was in and out. I mean, you know, we really couldn't have a conversation. Uh, so, I mean, it was that advanced, I mean, and so I'm sure he was dealing with it when I saw him, whether he knew it or not, I don't know. Um, but it was just that I was amazed to see this man. I looked at, you know, as such a strong man, um, you know, even though he had his own, uh, demons and weaknesses and everything else, like we all do, um, so I ended up spending the night and, you know, had to help him to the bathroom a couple of times. And, you know, we would be able to have a conversation off and on, um, you know, some, sometimes he would be able to hold a conversation and then others, you know, he wasn't with it. Um, so I ended up leaving the next day that Tuesday, he went to the hospital on Wednesday and then passed away on Saturday. So his, death happened so fast uh, it really didn't give me time to um, grasp everything that was going on and that had taken place uh, so that was real shocking whereas you know with the death of you know my stepdad Lewis you know Whitehead um, there was different it was uh, multiple hospitalizations, rehab stays, 
multiple falls out the bed and just falls in general where I'd have to come and, and mm-hmm. pick them up and put them back in the bed and uh, it was just everything that was involved in a debilitating illness, a terminal illness that uh, was running its course and taking its time doing it. Um, it was, uh, you know, and I mean, I, I work in hospice and, you know, I've been doing it for almost 20 years. So I have dealt with a lot of families and a lot of deaths. And so I, I've seen it on a regular basis, but it's different when it's you and your family and um, uh, making the hospice call. Because hospice, you know, the help of hospice was the only thing that helped us, uh, you know, allowed him to to remain at home, you know, as opposed to being in a nursing facility. Um, so, you know, grief is different for everybody, and you have to respect someone while they're going through it, and you know. Having your own personal experience with it is can be painful, but I mean it's a part of life. Um, mm-hmm. And then maybe you know you can help somebody else with their grief at some point. So um, it's um, you know I just pray for your strength um, that you. Uh, that God gives you the strength to endure the loss of your husband and the new mm-hmm. life that is ahead of you. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you're not alone. You're not the only person that's lost a spouse. Um, I know that's right. Yeah, but I mean, you know, that doesn't make it any easier you know, when you're dealing with your life and your decisions and, and everything. So, um, and then, you know, um, being in it with you, uh, as your son, you know, it's, um, uh, it's a process, you know, the decisions that have to be made and, um, you know, just everything that comes with it. So it's not easy. No, it's not easy for you and anybody else that's dealing with grief. I'm sure that um, everybody has a story. You know, everybody's got a story. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I appreciate, you know, you sharing yours with us and and uh, us having this conversation tonight about uh, grief and different types of grief and how to cope mm-hmm. with grief some of the symptoms and the causes, um, you know, how it can affect your mind, body, and spirit. You know, the emotions can come in waves. Uh, It can feel as if the emotions wash over you without warning. One minute, life may feel as if it was back to normal, and the next you might find yourself in tears. Grief causes people Mm -hmm. to experience an entire spectrum of emotions from sadness to anger to joy, 
You may sometimes feel detached from your emotions and operate as if you were on autopilot. You may experience Mm -hmm. confusing and conflicting emotions too, such as sadness that a loved one's gone, but relief that they're at peace. Yearning for a spouse after divorce, Mm -hmm. you know, but also excitement that you get another shot at love. Guilt for feeling grateful that you no longer have to provide exhausting around-the-clock care for a dying relative. Competing feelings of apathy, anger, sadness, and regret as you grieve the loss of a friend or family member with whom you have had a strained or hostile relationship. Now they died. You know, you and your sister ain't talked in years, and now she messed around and died on you, and y'all was still mm-hmm. beefing. So now you, you know, you're grieving because of that and the fact you never made up and were able to say goodbye. But just realizing there are no right or wrong emotions when it comes to grief. It's essential to acknowledge and feel them in order to heal. Um, and it, you know, loss can be extremely stressful. It can take a major physical toll on our body. It can overwork our nervous systems. It can cause us to have a weakened immune system that makes it easier for us to get sick. And sometimes the symptoms include fatigue, headaches, nausea, restlessness. We can't sleep at night, upset stomach. We can't eat, heart palpitations, our heart, you know, beating crazy weak muscles or joint pain, tightness in our chest or throat, having reduced or increased appetite, trouble sleeping, or sleeping too much. So, you know, some of the behavioral Mm -hmm. changes make it hard to concentrate or complete tasks. Some of the symptoms include confusion, trouble thinking or making decisions, feeling as if you lost a sense of hope or direction, difficulty focusing on anything other than your loss and difficulty remembering or keeping track of your responsibilities. Um, You know, grief can be very complicated. In real time, all grief is complex. In certain circumstances, however, grief can evolve into something even more complex, complicated or prolonged grief. Complicated or prolonged grief often involves especially challenging circumstances or extreme symptoms that interfere with daily life over a long period. And then complicated grief, which can stem from any type of grief, it can be made even more difficult by things like absent grief. When you don't show any outward signs of grief, sometimes you may not exhibit signs of grief because you're frozen in denial. All the times a person who may not appear to be grieving is privately working through complex emotions others can't see. Um, and then I'll go through a couple more. Ambiguous loss. When there's a lack of closure around a loss, for example, it may be especially difficult to move through grief when a loved one is presumed dead. You know, somebody's been kidnapped or you just haven't heard from them in years and so you assume that they're dead, but their body isn't found. Ambiguous loss also includes grieving a loved one who's still alive but feels out of reach, as with someone incarcerated or deported. 
you may grieve changes that create psychological distance from a loved one, as with dementia or Alzheimer's disease. And then there is disenfranchised grief. Uh, When society doesn't consider a loss worthy of grief, grieving can feel especially isolating when others signal that your grief is invalid. Examples include the death of a pet or the loss of a a same-sex partner. Disenfranchised grief also involves death that societies consider taboo, like deaths from suicide or drug overdose. And then we have traumatic grief. When you're processing a loss and trauma at the same time, traumatic grief involves losses that happen under horrific, unpredictable circumstances. Sometimes it's natural disasters, sometimes it's accidents, or sometimes it's murder or violent deaths can all lead to trauma or even post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, that you'll need to process and seek treatment for alongside uh, grief. So grief can be considered complicated and prolonged when even a year or so after the loss, you still feel um, as if a part of yourself is lost or has died. You don't believe that the death or loss has occurred Avoid reminders of the death or loss. Experience intense emotional pain relating to the loss that interferes with daily living. Or you're feeling emotionally numb, lonely, or as if your life doesn't have meaning or purpose. Or you find it difficult to live life, make plans with friends, participate in activities you enjoy, or make decisions for the future. So if you're dealing with a loss, and you're grieving, um, reach out and find a support system uh, and talk about it and help yourself to deal with the grief that you're experiencing, the loss that you have, and um, so that you can be the best that you can be. You know, and yeah. especially if you have yeah. people depending on you or just you depending on yourself. So with that, those are my last words. Jenny White, would you have any uh, final words you'd like to um, share with us? Well, what I can <laughs> say is uh, I enjoyed it. Um, I wanted to say something about it. I did. Um, It's different now. Um, It's just different. So I've got to do something different. (laughs) But it's okay. It's okay. Uh, If I can find someone, I might go and See a group and see how that works. But uh, I think I'll be okay. Thank God. Well, I, I think, think I'll be okay. Yeah, I think you'll be okay too. I definitely be praying for you. Hope you, uh, you know, be all right. And I think that uh, you know this is a great topic. Uh, we'll have to talk more about it. You know, I think. Um, 
you know, there's a lot of people out here grieving. Yeah, and true. A lot of people that's out here true. grieving to themselves. Uh, so yeah. hopefully, you know, uh, tonight, you know, we were able to shed some light on different forms of grief and um, the fact that if you are grieving the loss of something or someone that you understand that is normal, whatever you're feeling, you know, nobody can judge you for it. There's no expiration date on on your grief, you know. It'll last as long as it lasts. And uh, if you do need help, um, you know, with it, then, you know, there are uh, resources out here to help you live your best life after uh, your loss. So with that... before we go, I'd like to say... One of the happiest moments in life is when you find the courage to let go of what you cannot change. And I thought that was fantastic. But you you can let go of what you cannot change. Yeah, well, I agree with that. I mean, you know. Yeah. That's another step yes, forward. Yes. So with that, yes. thank you all for uh, taking the time to uh, hang out with us on Friday night, uh, listen to us. Right. Thank us all for calling in and participating. And um, thank like you. I said, thank you. Oh yeah, this is the third of November. My daughter uh, had a birthday yesterday on the second, so happy birthday, Simone! Mm-hmm. And so. Uh, <laughs> We'll do yes, this again next happy week. Thursday. Yeah, your your oldest granddaughter. And so did she go we'll do, somewhere? No, no, I think she's chilling. But you know, she she'll be turning up. I'm sure all weekend because the kids <laughs> over here. So you know, all right. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm about to go pour another drink. So yeah, everybody have a good <laughs> night. <laughs> A great weekend. Okay. Uh, Have fun. I might time. come over there and, and give you get. No, that's all right because I don't know what you guys gonna do. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll talk about it. All right. Okay. Love you. Have talk a good to you. night. All right. Talk to Bye-bye. you guys. Talk to you next week. Same time, same place.